The big reason we do this podcast, the Quality Hang Podcast, is to talk to interesting people. And if those interesting people happen to be friends of ours, well, then that is an absolute bonus. And uh, our next guest today, I, it's, I, I feel bad calling him a friend because really he's family. Uh, Multi-Emmy Award winning uh, play-by-play voice for your Golden State Warriors. Uh, Olympic basketball, men's and women's play-by-play voice uh, for the Olympics on NBC Sports. It is my pleasure to welcome family, a man who is responsible for the longest relationship I've ever had in my life, Warriors play-by-play <laughs> voice, Bob Fitzgerald. What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, you said there are going to be interesting people joining. When did they get here? What, 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 what's the time on that? Cut it out. <laughs> Good to see you, man. How you doing? I know well. I mean, this is really super fun when you think of the Warriors have this five-year, you know, dynasty, right? And they go to the finals and the whole bit. Then they get Steph injured, Clay injured, you know, Durant leaves, and now it's a 15-win yep. season, a global pandemic. Last year, you know, signs of life a little bit. And then now, are they really going to reboot like a dynasty part two? Because that's never been done in NBA history. Celtics had their run, dipped down. Lakers had their run, dipped down. Spurs had their run, dipped down. Bulls had their run, dipped down. Mm-hmm. Nobody's dipped and then bounced right back up. And you look at the Warriors, and, and this could be kind of a historic beginning to another section of amazing basketball. So for me, to get to sit there and watch it yeah. and talk about it and be kind of the archival voice of it, I, I'm loving life. I, I'm, I'm so glad you, you just said what you said, because to me that's a great place to start. Because I wanted to go back to game six of that finals uh, uh, series against Toronto because that's when it stopped. That's when Clay got hurt. Durant was already hurt, if I'm remembering correctly. And as you mentioned, yep. Kevin Durant leaves. Then Steph and Draymond, they get hurt. And now, you know, fast forwarding here for for the sake of brevity, the Warriors are on the brink for playing on the brink of uh, playing for another championship. When the full story of the Warriors dynasty, this run, is written. Is, is this possible championship? Because as we tape this now, there's still a step to go. They have to get through the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals, even though they are up uh, one game to nothing. Again, as we tape this, could this championship, possible championship, be the sweetest because of all that's happened since that game six against Toronto? Well, I think you set it up nicely, Rod. When you look at – I don't want to say people got tired of winning, but you and I did many, many shows where – Oh, well, they're, you know, 60 wins. Oh, 58 wins. Oh, it's a blowout. Like people, when you have angel food cake and ice cream, it's great. But if you have angel food cake and ice cream every meal of the day, every day of the week, you're like, man, I'm kind of tired of this angel food and ice cream. So I try to tell people, look, in my TV career, they made the playoffs one time in 18 years. That was, we believe then had this amazing run of success. So I always appreciated the winning. But to bottom back out and then come back up, and then that's the Wiggins trade, that's the drafting of Jordan Poole, and the Hall of Famers are back together again in Steph, Clay, and Draymond. I don't know if it'd be the sweetest, but, man, it'd be something everybody's looking (laughs) forward to. And then, you know, you throw Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman – 
there's an extension to this that could be really fun over the next several years. So, you know, I don't know if they get it done this year, but I know the Warriors are going to be in the mix the next several years. And that's what got everybody jazzed up here. You know, the, you, you got to have one of those uh, great players, at least a top 10 player, I think, in order to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And Steph and Clay and Dre are going to be gone. Is that player amongst the players you mentioned just now, or are they going to have to go out and find another guy? Yeah, Marcus, it's too early to know top 10. Like, I love where Jordan Poole's at. I love the rookie years of Kaminga and Moody. And I'll be the last man on Wiseman Island, man. I, I, just, I just think James is such a great young man, so skilled and so talented. You know, people forget the 39 games he played. He averaged 12 and 8. That's better than a teenage Kobe, a teenage Garnett. I mean, that bit teenage Jermaine O'Neal. Like, Wiseman, to me, already showed glimpses of exciting stuff, but he's got to be healthy, you know. And so that's where – if he's healthy, got Kaminga Moody and Jordan Poole, along with the Hall of Famers and how they they age and, and finish off, because I think they're all extending their prime. I think the Warriors got plenty of talent. You know, it's staying healthy and getting breaks, and we know how that goes. But but I think they're going to be there and, and be heard from for sure. So I want to get basketball sort of nerdy here for a second and talk about two guys. And you mentioned them. Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney, because they're two players who have very important jobs. Looney, when it comes to rebounding and also switching on the guards and being able to stay in front of them without fouling. And Poole, you know, just his scoring to either add on to what Steph and Clay are doing, or if Steph and Clay are not, you know, both clicking at the same time and one is not clicking, Jordan can come in and provide that scoring. To me, it's critical that Looney and Poole do what they are capable of doing and what they have done for the Warriors to to win another championship. Because people are going to say, this is about Draymond, this is about Steph, and it's about Clay, which is true. But my thing is, if you don't have Poole and Looney doing what they are capable of, then that means that Steph, Clay, and Draymond are going to have to do more. And while they're, I think they're capable of it, that's just going to make it a very difficult proposition, even more so difficult. No, you're, you're right on the money because – and I would even throw Andrew Wiggins and Otto Porter in yeah, there. Yeah. If you, if you look at it, Steph Curry gets double teamed when he's brushing his teeth in the morning. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, he shows up, he's flossing, and there's three defenders there for some reason. So, you know, the teams are – they're always trying to take Steph away. Draymond's going to be Draymond, but when he looks to score, the Warriors are even better. And then I think Clay has been a great rebounder in the postseason. His defense is back to being solid. And then the shooting, he's almost a little too thirsty to dribble into shots. When he's catching shoot clay, yeah. he's magnificent. And I love what he's done after 941 days of, of being out. But Jordan Poole gives him a second offensive initiator. They never had that, even in the dynasty days. And Kevon Looney, everybody thinks he's 35 years old or something. <laughs> he, he's mid-20s. And so all these guards are like, I'm going to go buy him. And they never do. And then they sleep on him on rebounding. Yeah. And all he does is have like that Mr. Mean, Larry Smith, lunch bucket. Let me put on a hard hat. I'll go for every rebound. I'll play defense all day. I know the system. You want me 10 minutes? I'm there. You want me 25 minutes? I'm there. Game six against Memphis, you want 35 minutes? You know, Kamon Looney is the ultimate pro. And then Andrew Wiggins has, and Porter have been like, hey, this is my chance. This is Iguodala part two. Like, I'm in the Warriors' bloodstream. 
this is where fun starts. This is where playoffs happen, and they're playing their best. So it's interesting. The Hall of Famers are the, are the Hall of Famers, yeah. but all the ancillary guys you just mentioned, Rod, they would be the reason the Warriors get to the mountaintop. There's no doubt about it. And I think there's every chance that this team could be better next year with certain folks getting better, a year older, uh, year more, a year more in the system that they run here. I guess my biggest worry as a Warrior fan, I love all the winning. That's great. But there's becoming a real concern about being able to keep the team together because that payroll yeah. is insane and getting crazier. Are, the, are Joe Lacob and the gang going to be really interested in just keeping people and paying them? Or are they going to, you know, what? We, we've hit a wall. we got to start trading people or letting some of these contracts go. we got to let Wiggins go. Or we got to let Kavon walk. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about that, Marcus, is the, the Warriors' luxury tax mm-hmm. is like $170 million. The luxury tax, their tax is more than almost like four or five, you know, 25 other teams' payrolls, just the Warrior tax. So they're at like $318 million total for player compensation. Mm. But what this ownership has always been about is our fans work hard for their money. They give us the money. They support this team at a rabid level. The sponsorships are all legit companies. They support this team at an elite level. They play in, in my mind, maybe the best building in the world. And the fan experience is as good as it possibly can be. You know what? When people give you all that hard-earned money, the product's got to answer the bell. And so the value of the franchise is enhanced by consistent winning. And so... I have never heard, and I've been with the team for 29 years now, in this ownership level, I have never heard one time, hey, we got to cut costs on anything. Mm. Not travel, hotel, meals, the medical staff, how they treat players, families. This is all about how can we win? And that's that's what they're doing. They're all about winning. Listen, let's keep it a buck. You ain't going to get away with tanking. Just to use that 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 catch-all oh. phrase or word, mm-hmm. you ain't gonna get away with that in the Bay Area. Uh, exhibit A, the Oakland Athletics. So it, listen, mm-hmm. it's it's been proven that folks in the Bay Area, and this is not to say that we are special and different, but we just don't bang with that. You are not gonna get away with charging a premium price for less than premium entertainment. We are going to say to you, we're not going to riot. We're not going to pick it. We're not going to, we're not going to do all that, that, that outward stuff. We're just going to say, Oh, so that's how you're going to get down. You are not going to give me a return on my investment, so to speak. Well, then I'm just not going to spend my money with you. We got other things to do. We go elsewhere. And, And I think this is where you give Joe Lakin and the Warriors brass credit for reading the room, reading the area, they know full well you can't do that. So since you can't do that, you might as well go in the opposite direction because trading water is not necessarily going to be the way to do it either. Yeah, the other thing, too, is that when you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, right. guys are going to have statues in front of that building, you can't look them in the face yes, and sir. say, yes, sir. Let's, let's dismantle things. Like You want to give them every asset to just enhance this run as long as possible and They've done a brilliant job of yeah. it. You, you have to do right by those guys. How many Olympics have you done? How many have you called? Five. Five, five Olympics. 
Yeah, I did. I did swimming in Atlanta way back in '96, and then I did basketball in Athens. I did water polo in Beijing because there are no water polo announcers. So Dick Eversall and them asked me to do that. And then I've been fortunate enough to, to do men's and women's basketball in London as well as in Tokyo. So, so um, you, I mean, you amazing. it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You've been the Warriors play-by-play voice for, as you mentioned now, close to 30 years. So you know the league, you know the players, and you've seen the changes. But I, I, I want to drill down on your Olympic experience because you saw Luca, you know, play for play for his squad. You 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 saw Dirk play for his squad. You've seen the great international players that have made the NBA better play for, for their home country. But you've also really gotten an insight into Team USA. Give us a little bit on that, and how has that informed you uh, about the league, watching guys like Kevin Durant, for instance, how he, Draymond, you know, this past summer, how they were able in this sort of hyper-competitive Team USA environment, how they were able to become sort of one organism and then come out of that individually better and stronger mentally, if you will, players? Well, if you think about it, Rod, it's really interesting because whether it's Dirk Nowitzki or Manu Ginobili, you know, Tony Parker, Rudy Gobert, you know, eventually Nikola Jokic, if you're from any of these other countries and you just make the Olympics, Luka took Slovenia to the Olympics. The country had never even qualified Mm -hmm. and they played for a bronze medal against Australia. If you just make the Olympic Games, For those countries, you're a hero forever. If you win a medal like Argentina did in winning a gold, you're you're iconic forever. For the United States, you don't get paid a dollar if you lose, you're a disaster. There's no more pressure for Team USA guys than in any other sport because, oh, they're supposed to win, but the world has gotten a lot better. These games are incredibly competitive, and if you lose, you're a disaster, and you get no money, and you give up your summer. So to me, when I see Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, now think of who's still left in the playoffs. Bam Adebayo played on the Olympics. Jason Tatum played on the Olympics. Draymond played on the Olympics. If if you don't think that makes these guys mentally tougher and makes them all about winning, what I love about Team USA is it's back to high school and AAU basketball. Let me get my guys together together. You bring your guys, and we'll play to play because there's pressure, there's high-level competition, and there's nothing but you and that team and that camaraderie. It ain't for money. It ain't for endorsements. It's like they don't get paid a dollar, and yet they're there giving their best. And I just I love it. I look forward to the Olympic Games and that men's and women's basketball tournament. I think it's some of the biggest pressure and some of the best basketball we ever see. I have been watching uh, the WNBA the past two years. It's uh, so much better than it was 20 years ago. I mean, the talent level mm-hmm. in the WNBA is insane right now. How much are you, how much are you following, Bob, and how much are you uh, watching, and, and who are the big stars now? You, you know, I, I love women's basketball because of the purity of the great fundamentals, the elite skill level development, they got some OGs like Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird. But when you see Griner post up, she dominated in Tokyo. You know, and you see Deladon, you know, you just see where this sport is going. 
And women's college basketball is super fun. Don Staley's done a great job in South Carolina. And so when you see that, and then the cool thing is when you get Team USA on the women's side, oh, yeah. they're the best. Like they, they, They've got this whole eight straight Olympic gold medal streak. Like they're, the world is still chasing them and they're super fun to watch. So I, I, I love it. I mean, it's to get to do men's and women's is the hardest thing I ever do as a broadcaster because you have to know all the countries, all the pronunciations, all the history, but it's two super fun tournaments. And to get to be the voice of all that, you know, on a national basis is really great. And you know what we don't hear anymore? You don't hear men saying, man, I can ball them chicks up. Because the women are so, so good. They're so, so skilled. And there have been way too many videos of dudes running into, you know, very good college players or running into a WNBA player, even if it's someone who's on the comes off the bench, run into them at a 24-hour fitness, and them ladies just tool them dudes up, and then it, 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 it ends up all over Snapchat or all over TikTok. You don't have cats running their mouths crazy no more talking about women can't play basketball. Well, you know what the cool thing, Rod, is like this past Olympics was a good example. Like, Brianna Taylor, who's Brianna Taylor like? She's like Kevin Durant. Yeah, man. You know, like you see that mm-hmm. multifaceted small forward, mm-hmm. shoot the three, take it to the bucket, mm-hmm. long, lanky defensively, great passer. Like those are the comparisons now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give Kobe Bryant a ton of credit. Kobe Bryant was hip to the quality level of women's basketball, maybe way before a lot of other superstars. But Draymond Green loves women's hoops. You see LeBron checking stuff out. And then what I love, and this is this is all an American thing, when you go overseas, you got nothing but Team USA. Shockingly, a lot of the other countries don't really want the United States to win. So <laughs> the people pulling for the women's team are the Team USA men, and the team pulling for the Team USA men are the Team USA women, and you see them attending each other's games, which yeah. I think is super fun. I did see that. I got, I got two more questions. Uh, one is a basketball question. One is kind of a personal question. I uh, hope you'll indulge me. Uh, my basketball question, what's up with Steph's shot? You know, I, I think that we have to think in the playoffs how much pressure Steph is under all the time. And so that freedom and that rhythm isn't there. The free throw shooting in the first round against Denver was a little odd. Then it came back like that great fourth quarter in game four against Memphis where he made every single free throw. I think when you see someone at 92, 93% your whole life, yeah. when it goes to 82 or 83, you're like, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? But uh, if I needed someone to keep me out of the electric chair, I'd still have Steph taking those two free throws. So I, I think it'll be all right when it matters. I, my only concern is like, I hope we're not watching my guy age right before our eyes, but we obviously are. And so at some point there's going to be a fall off and we might have to just be ready for it. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, Father Tom is undefeated. Yep. But at 34, Steph is still doing things that youngsters in their mid-20s would take for their career. Yeah. It's just that he's compared to himself, which is which is hard to do. But um, I know the fitness level he puts in. I know the belief and confidence he has. And I know what he brings to the, the whole Warriors squad. You feel better because Steph gives you that confidence. So to me, you know, what he's doing at age 34 is almost unprecedented. And I think he's going to stretch that prime, you know, longer than a lot of guards have ever had before him. All right. So we like to talk about things that uh, with our guests, things that they don't normally get to talk about. Like you were into sports. So we obviously talked to you about sports. 
But let me ask you a question that hopefully makes you think a little bit. I always believe that folks have these three-year increments where they have this unique growth. So in your life, what's a really impactful three-year period where you feel like you grew and you changed? And what was it? How did that happen? I mean, I think it's, you know, probably you get this from people, but to me, it was becoming a parent. Mm. You know, I think when you're, when you're dating, it's you and your gal. And then when you get married, it's super fun because it's you and someone else in the boat, rowing the, rowing the boat in the right direction. Mm. And then when you have children, your life goes away <laughs> and all you care about is living for your children. So for me, what I always thought was interesting was on the climb up, Hey, I'm doing a talk show and I'm doing the NBA and I'm doing the NFL and I got, oh, arena football is doing this and all the Olympics and, you know, and all these things that were super fun. As soon as you have a child, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Donald Foyle's free throwing. That doesn't matter. My, my kid's got a, got a game or I'm going to take my daughter to dance practice or my, I want to play catch with my son or, whoa, my, my youngest son's a really good lacrosse player and stuff. And so I, I think what happens is instead of living for yourself, you start living for them. Yeah. And yeah. so that's that's the biggest change is that their health and their safety and paying their bills and their happiness really becomes paramount in everything you look forward to. So, you know, for me as a parent, I always look at you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. <laughs> so I got three of them. So as long as I keep the barometer up for, for them, that, that becomes your life. And, it, and I think it's a good thing because it puts perspective on work and career yep. and point you to things that really matter. You know, your family and your kids and, you know, like Rod and I, like your close friends, these are people that that, that matters way more than some plane flight, some game, whatever. doesn't mean your career and stuff isn't important, mm -hmm. but it prioritizes what's really important in your life. Uh, Marcus, I know you answer. didn't ask me the question, but in, indulge no, me. No, I, I was going to ask you too. Yeah. Okay. Good, because this gives me a chance to to love on Bob here. Um, I don't know if it's a. Three Should I leave the room or <laughs> no? You, oh no! Stay there, Bob. This, chief, you're going to get all of this. Um, I, I, I don't know if if I could put it in a three year uh, sort of box, but the biggest, most formative time for me, from a professional sense, was working with Bob. And when we worked together the first time, uh, we we didn't know each other. I knew of Bob, you know, getting here to the Bay Area. I knew he was the Warriors play-by-play -play voice, but I didn't know <coughs> Bob Fitzgerald, uh, the, the person, and I didn't know his work ethic. I got to know Bob Fitzgerald, the person, and we are family now to this day, 25 years uh, plus yeah. later. But from a professional standpoint, Bob made me a better broadcaster because Bob was always prepared, the smartest person I, I knew then, I know now, and he, he, he made me raise my game. Bob made me, I don't know why I'm talking to you like you're not here, you made me a better broadcaster <laughs> because I remember going home going, man, if you're going to keep up with this dude and if you're going to have conversations and debates with this dude, then you've got to be on his level. And you made me a smarter broadcaster. You made me a more prepared broadcaster. You made me a better broadcaster. And I don't know if I've ever said this to you. If I have, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself, but I think it's worth it. I, I appreciate you and I thank you because I wouldn't have the career I have right now. And I mean this 
I wouldn't have the career I have right now if it wasn't for you. And you didn't do this purposefully, but just the way you did your job inspired me and made me be better. And I will forever be grateful for you uh, uh, for that. That's, Thank that's, you. That's a lot, Rod. The thing I would wow. say, Marcus, too, is is that, and this is where two men shows or doing podcasts like the three of us are doing is super helpful is, you know, Rod gave me a very different perspective on life and sports because his worldview and his experience in life was not mine. Right. And so it's so important to bring in other perspectives, yep. have conversations, fun, silly, serious on everything, yep. whether it be college athletics or the NBA or family or, hey, this is what's going on socially because we all know how sports and society are interwoven. You know, Rod gave me a whole different worldview on so many different issues, yeah. you know, and that made me, I think, a better person as well as like, man, I never thought about that from this standpoint. I never yeah. thought about that from this angle. You know, and I don't know if he did that intentionally, but I always grew and learned from that. And he gave me a lot of street cred. So that's always been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gave me some street cred too. Hey, hey, listen, hey, Bob has a lifetime pass to the cookout. <laughs> hey, although, don't mess with another man's grill. We all know that. No, don't do, do not. That. You can do that. Don't do take not. another man's grill. You can come by and chat him up. Grill. That's right. I don't know if those are done. Don't don't say stuff like that. <laughs> don't mess with don't mess with his grill, his woman, or his radio. And you good. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Hey, hey listen, I, we we have China Clay, and I want to see China Clay I, again. But more than anything else, I want to see Parade Bob. I want to see Bob <laughs> Fitzgerald oh, and a half a million plus Warrior fans. Celebrating another championship, and Bob Fitzgerald is the MC for the afternoon because Parade Bob is different than Talk Show <laughs> Bob, than Play by Play Bob. Warriors Championship Parade Bob, that dude there, oh boy, he's something. So I need to see that dude this June. Hey, and, and I, I'll keep it real with you guys, man. When, when Rod and I do a talk show, when you're talking on the radio, you know there's thousands of people listening, and then we go to a Giants event or go somewhere and people are like, hey, we love the show. Like, and you get human interaction. That's fine. When you call a game on television, you know there's hundreds of thousands of people watching, and then people interact with you at the arena, and then you know, people will give you feedback and stuff. So that's yeah. fine. But the first warrior title, Ooh. when you walk out. And there's 1.5 million people at Lake Merritt, and you've talked your whole life for a living, like, yeah, cameras, microphones, whatever, and you got no script, and you walk out there, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> the, the adrenaline jolt that you have, it, I mean, I would have loved to have had a heart monitor on for, for that day. Like, you know, like, so that's, like Obama that's in Berlin. Order. Yeah, and, and then, then there's the surreal ability of, the Warriors are the world champions. Right, right. <laughs> the, the team I call my first game, February 18th, 1993. Here we are in June of 2015. Wow. They are the world champions? Like, wow. that, I, I I'll never forget that the rest of my life. And mm -hmm. so, I'm with you, Rod. Parade Bob's ready. I got him, uh, <laughs> I got him in the other room and... He's doing push-ups, and he's getting ready for it. <laughs> well, hey, listen, we're going to let you go, but I, 
I firmly believe this. Marcus, you, you've lived here for close to 50 years. Bob, you've been here for your, what, since you were 10 years old. I've lived here yeah. for over 25 years. Between the three of us, we've seen a lot Bay Area sports-wise. We can remember the beginning of the Niner dynasty. We, we've seen the Giants do some amazing things. But to me, for the Golden State Warriors to be – to, to shift the basketball paradigm here in the 21st century for these guys to not only be the champions, but the standard bearers and, and the, the, the team, the organization that, that teams are trying to emulate, they're trying to chase, they're trying to be like, for the lowly Golden State Warriors to be on this mountaintop, to me, is, is the biggest story, sports story in Bay Area history. And that's what all due respect to the Joe Montana and the Niners and Steve Young's Niners and all the other great things we've seen. But from the Warriors who, Bob, what, how many games did they win one year? 17 that you broadcasted? Yeah, I mean, that's Ooh, the, that's crazy. The, the thing you're, Ooh. the thing you're on to, Rod, is, and Marcus knows this because he's got one of the lids on. Mm-hmm. You had A's Giants. Yeah. You had Niners Raiders. You even have Cal Stanford. Like, yeah. but the Dubs are the one team. Like, I mean that that's that's Marin to San Jose, the yep. East Bay, the town, the city by the bay. Like it, it's the one team you can't go anywhere in the bay where people aren't all with the Warriors. Yep. And that's not the way it has been in all the other sports. And that's fine because there's fierce loyalties, but it's been kind of divided nations. The Warriors are the one team that brings everybody together. Yep. So this is a powerful area, man. It's nine, ten million people. So when they're behind the team, you you can feel it for sure. Uh, it is the one team everybody can agree on. Um, brother, indeed a quality hang. We thank you for your time. And uh, I love you to death, my man. Can't wait to see you soon. Well, I'll tell you, like you said, interesting people were stopping by, and I didn't see them. Anytime, guys. You guys are my favorites. Anything I can do for both of you, you know that. Just you know the number. Oh, Thanks, the best, Bob. Man. We love you.